Hello, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of The Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, I'm going to be telling you my predictions for the NBA restart starting this coming Thursday. Um, And with that being said, let's get right into the episode. So just before we start, I um, I want to apologize for not uh, uploading an episode in a little while. I think it was around two weeks, but I was distracted because I started a YouTube channel um, titled uh, just The Gelman Report, so make sure you subscribe there. I post all types of ba- basketball content, tier list, NBA 2K stuff, all, uh, all of that good stuff. Um, and so I've been posting a lot on the YouTube channel, but I'm going to now... Uh, be coming back to Spotify and the podcast and uploading on both YouTube and um, SoundCloud and Spotify for the podcast. So make sure you follow me on both SoundCloud and Spotify and YouTube so you don't miss any content coming um, out of the Gelman Report channels. Um, So let's not wait any more time. Let's get right into uh, what we're doing today. So as I mentioned before, we are going to be doing, uh, well, I'm going to be telling you my predictions for the NBA restart. We did something similar to this. Uh, we did my NBA award predictions, but this is going to be a more in-depth of each individual team going to um, Orlando. Uh, we're going to be going over um, what I think their record's going to be if they make the playoffs. We're going to be talking about um, some play, some individual players on each team and just a full o- overall breakdown of each team that's there. Um, so there are 22 teams there, so we're not going to be doing all 22 teams this episode. This episode, we are going to be doing uh, six teams. Uh, so this will be part one. There will be either three or four parts. So make sure, again, you follow on Sp- SoundCloud and Spotify so you don't miss those episodes. Um, and so, yeah, let's just get into the first team. So uh, the first team that we're going to be going over is the Portland Trailblazers. So when the season was, I guess you could say, stopped or when there was that hiatus, um, the Blazers were, they were ninth in the Western Conference uh, with a record of 29 and 37. Um, um, so yeah, they were, they were ninth in the Western Conference. And um, um, and so when they're coming to Orlando, um, they are in that, uh, they're in that fight for the eighth seed. Um, so they're trying to, yeah, they're, and they're trying to sneak into the playoffs. The roster coming to Orlando has not changed so much. There has not been a lot of um, important and big changes. The only thing that happened really was that Trevor Reza and Caleb Swanigan, uh, Swanigan, I guess, I don't know what his name is, they both opted out. And because of that, uh, the, the Trailblazers, they signed uh, Jalen Adams. So no real big, um, no real big changes in the roster. Um, and so now this just we're going to be doing this for every team. Now that we went over the record before, um, how the roster changed up, I'm going to be going over um, for each team an MVP for these eight games in Orlando, and going to be going over the X factor, um, a player that's going to be the like a secret gem, secret secret weapon that these teams have that's going to help them compete and and play well um, in these eight games. So. Um, the um the MVP for the Blazers in these eight games is obviously going to be the best player on the team, which is going to be 
um, Damian Lillard, one of the best point guards in the league, was plagued with injury this past year, um, but is healthy now. And so, I, as I said, the Blazers are trying to make it into the playoffs in the eighth seed, and they are going to have. Uh, well, Damian Lillard is going to have to play very, very well. He's going to have to play at a le- at an MVP level. Um, he's going to have to play MVP level basketball. Um, and he's just going to have to carry the team scoring wise, um, facilitating the offense and all of and all of that stuff. And if he plays well and can uh, play at that MVP level, then then they can succeed and they could they could make it to the eighth seed. Um, the X factor uh, that I have for the Blazers is going to be after going to be Carmelo Anthony. So they, they the Blazers signed Carmelo Anthony in uh, the middle of the season and he has he's been helped surprisingly um, he's been helping them win a lot of games he's been playing extremely extremely well but I think that he has a chance to be even better in these eight games in Orlando um, and that is because during the NBA's uh, hiatus when there was that three month stop um, there was videos and on social media that um, of picture of pictures of him and it seems that he's lost a lot of weight Melo his entire career has been known to be not overweight but a little I guess you say on the heavy side I got I, I don't know how to explain it but he's never been super super slim but recently he uh, has slimmed down and that is going to help the Blazers a lot um, in these eight games in Orlando so he's if he wants to really be the X factor and really help the team he's gonna of course do what Melo does he's gonna have to score the ball extremely extremely well at a very high rate but also he's going to have to um, pick up the pace on defense he's notoriously known for being a terrible defender especially in the late years of his career and if he's gonna be that secret weapon that the Blazers need to win he's gonna have to pick up some of the slack on defense um, but yeah, if he can do that, which is not an easy task, but Carmelo Anthony, one of the best players in NBA history, if he uh, can, if anyone could do it, then definitely he can. Um, but even with all this talk we've been saying of how Damian Lillard can play really well and Carmelo Anthony can play really well, which they, I think, will and they can, um, I don't think they have overall an, an amazing roster. They really only have three or four really good players, um, Damian Lillard, C.G. McCollum, Melo, and I guess you could say Hassan Whiteside, who's okay. But I looked at their uh, their schedule. They're playing. They have one of the hardest schedules. Actually, they play. Um, they have to play the Clippers, the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Rockets. That is five games right there against top top uh, teams in the NBA. I don't think they do very well in these eight games. I think they finish with a record of one and seven, and they miss the playoffs. Um, they just do not have enough firepower to compete. The roster is just not good enough compared to the other teams. Uh, now we're going on to the second team, which is the Sacramento Kings. And when the season ended, the Sacramento Kings had a record of 28 and 36, which was 11th in the Western Conference, a little behind, uh, the Trailblazers. And the only roster change that they had was that they did sign, uh, Corey Brewer as a free agent. Um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, the they're 11th in the Western Conference, and they, they've only uh, made one roster change with Corey Brewer. And now we'll get into the MVP and X Factor for the Kings. I think the MVP, obviously, I think if you ask anyone who the best player on the team, who the MVP of the Kings are, is going to say De'Aaron Fox. I think an extremely underrated player, and especially uh, point guard in the league. Um, he's one of the best young point guards in the league, averaging 20 and 6. Great stats in the regular season. And I think for... Um, 
And I think for if I think if the Kings are going to succeed, he as the best player on the team, he's going to have to put up similar to Damian Lillard. He's going to have to put up MVP level numbers with twenty five plus points a game, ten plus assists. He's going to have to carry the team on his back because the Sacramento Kings are a very young team. They do not have a lot of experience. They have a very very young and I would say I don't want to say terrible, but not a well rounded roster. And Darren Fox is very good, and I think he does have the talent to lead a team and to carry a team like that. Um, and so he is going to be the MVP for this Kings team. The X Factor I have, I was thinking of, of multiple players, but I am going with Buddy Heald. Uh, one of the best shooters in the league, and when he is hot, I've watched a few Kings games um, and highlights and stuff like that. He he actually just did win the three-point contest, um, so one of the best shooters. But when he is hot, Similar to Clay Thompson, when they when these types of players are hot, it is impossible to stop them. They get even if they're not open, you're face guarding them. It's impossible to stop, and that is what the Kings need. I don't think the Kings are believe that they can go far in the playoffs, but what they want to do is make the playoffs. And if Buddy Heald can play extremely well and shoot. It, especially from the three-point line and shoot a very, very high percentage from the three-point line, then they can succeed and they can have a real chance to make the playoffs and beat teams like the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, and the New Orleans Pelicans. But even with all that happening, again, they do have a very, very rough um, schedule. They have to play teams like the Lakers and the Rockets, um, the Mavs and the Pelicans. I don't think they're better than any of those teams. So they're going to have to end these eight games with a losing record of three and five, um, and they will be missing the playoff. Uh, the playoffs, is, as I said before, the team is too young to compete right now, but over time with players like Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, uh, Rashard Holmes, all those players will become NBA veterans, and they will be um, play very well in the future, and I think the Kings are a team to watch out for um, in the top of the West in many in years to come, just not right now. Uh, the next team that we are going to be going over is um, the New York, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, when the season ended, the New Orleans Pelicans were twenty-eight and thirty-six, um, which was tenth in the Western Conference. And the only uh, roster change they have made um, was the signing of Sidarius Thornwell, a bench player. I don't know if he's even going to get any minutes in these eight games. Um, just not. I barely know who this guy is. I know he's on the Clippers, just not a very um, important player. The MVP that I have uh, for these eight games for the New Orleans Pelicans, I could not decide between... Um, I had two people, I couldn't decide between them, so I just put both of them on my list. I have uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So, as I said, I just couldn't decide uh, because Ingram was an all-star this year, averaging nearly... 30 points a game, 27 points a game, amazing, amazing stats. And Zion, who, if he played the entire year, probably would have been the rookie of the year and was averaging 27 and 3 great stats for a rookie. Um, so I couldn't choose between them, but both of them, if the Pelicans want to make it into the playoffs, they are going to, both of those players are going to have to need to play at an MVP level and have to going to lead the team. Um, and yeah, Zion's going to have to, well, Brendan Ingram's going to have to continue to play at that all-star level, and Zion is going to have to continue to keep his, uh, he played 19 games, and he scored 20 points, and I think nearly all of them, he's going to have to keep that scoring, that scoring streak um, hot, and keep it going, and if they want to make a, uh, if they want to make a run in these playoffs. 
now we'll go on to the X factor. The X factor that I have, and I this is probably one of my favorite choices in this list, um, is Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball is extremely underrated. I think people hate on him because of his past with his father and um, in his, I guess, in his rough seasons with the Lakers. But now that he's out of the spotlight, his father, he's out of his father's shadow. He's in, I guess you say, a smaller market in New Orleans. He's been playing extremely, extremely well, averaging almost 13 points a game with around eight assists a game. One of the best defensive point guards, one of the best defensive players in the league, period. And arguably, I think after LeBron, the best passer in the NBA. Um, and because of because and all those things I mentioned, if they were if you were to, if though if those attributes wanted a different player not named Lonzo Ball, you would say, "Wow, that player is an all star." Just I think people hate Lonzo Ball because of things that happened with his father in the past, but he has been playing extremely well this season and is the X factor for this team. If he continue to be that facilitator on offense, and this is the key right here, if he can shoot a a good percentage, not a great percentage, just a good percentage, around 35% from the three-point line, then that is going to be extremely dangerous, and he's going to be a great, great player in these eight games and is going to really help the team out. Um, the Pelicans actually um, do have the easiest schedule on these eight games in the NBA restart, um, and because of that, uh, they will finish with a record of 6-2. and two. Yes, very surprising, 6-2. and two. Um, and with that six and two record, they will be within the four game range um, with the Grizzlies, which the team, the next team we're going to be going over, um, and there will be a play in tournament versus the, the versus the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, and I think the Pelicans have the edge over the Grizzlies, um, and they the Pelicans will be the ones in the A seed and most likely playing the Lakers in the playoffs. Um, so now let's go on to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies before the season ended, uh, well stopped, I guess, were in the eighth uh, spot in the Western Conference with a record of 32-33. and 33. Um, And they have made no roster changes, no one leaving the bubble, no one not coming to the bubble, and no one coming uh, into the bubble. So same roster that they started um, in the year with. And I think that the MVP for these eight games is obviously everyone's going to choose John Morant. Um, he's rookie of the year, averaging averaging 17, 6, and 3. Amazing, amazing rookie year. Actually, not 6 assists, more like 8 or 7, 7 or 8. Wow, he's playing extremely, extremely well. Um, he's going to have to, he's been leading the team the entire season. He's going to have to keep that going um, in these playoffs. Um, he's the best player on the team. He's going to have to play like that if they want to make a run and they want to make the playoffs. The X factor that I have uh, for the Grizzlies, I think has been the X factor for the entire year for them, which is another rookie, Brandon Clark. He was drafted um, in the late first round. He's the biggest steal in the draft, averaging 12 points a game, one of the best perimeter defenders, um, especially as a rookie. Um, and he, this past season, as, as I mentioned, was their secret weapon slash secret gem. Um, and he's going to have to continue that, I guess you say, sneaky type of play um, in these eight games if um, if he really, really wants to help the Grizzlies succeed. Um, I think that the Grizzlies uh, will end, uh, will finish with a record of 4-4, four and four, going 500 in these eight games. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, they will play for the eighth seed in the Western Conference against the Pelicans. And they will lose, sadly, 
Uh, I am a big John Morant fan, but I just think the Pelicans are that little bit better, um, and they will lose in. Yeah, and they will they'll lose and they will miss the playoffs. The next team that we have is the San Antonio Spurs. And when going over this team, I was not excited for this team at all. Looking at their roster, I think they have one of the worst rosters in the league, especially definitely one of the worst rosters in Orlando right now. Um, but we'll talk about that a little later. They, uh, when the season stopped, they were twenty seven and thirty six and was twelfth in the Western Conference, um, and. Um, the big thing here was that one of their arguably the best player on the team, LaMarcus Aldridge, is not in Orlando because he's recovering from uh, shoulder surgery. And um, so he's not going to be with them. And that's a major, major loss for them. Um, so in the Spurs, they tried. Uh, they, had an, they had an empty roster spot. So they did sign Tyler Zella, but he's not anything close to what LaMarcus Aldridge is. And that's going to be a big, big blow for them in these eight games. I think that the MVP for the Spurs in these games is going to have to be DeMar DeRozan. This is an obvious one. He is the best player on the team, similar to the similar to the Trailblazers, who I think are very similar to the Spurs in that they have a very bad roster and they have one or two very all very good all-star caliber players. He DeMar DeRozan is going to have to carry the team, but the only issue I have with DeMar DeRozan, and I did not have this issue in past years, just this year it seems that he's been going away from the three-point line. I don't think he's made I think he's made less than five threes this entire year. He's going to have to shoot some threes, and he's going to have to make some threes if he wants this terrible, terrible Spurs team to make it to the playoffs. Um, the And yeah, if, and, and if he could do that, then I definitely think that the Spurs can have um, definitely more success than if he was not shooting threes. Um... Uh, the X factor that I have for Dejo the X factor I have for the Spurs is Dejounte Murray, similar to Lonzo Ball, a young point guard, a very good defensive point guard, very good defensive player, um, um, and he's going to he's been leading the team defensively, and he's going to have to continue to do that. But he, similar to, excuse me, let me restart. Both of these players have something in that in these eight games, they need to expand on. DeMar DeRozan needs to expand on his three-point shooting, and DeJounte Murray needs to expand in his scoring as a whole. He does not score a lot, um, and he's going to have to take some of the scoring load off of DeMar DeRozan, um, and he's going to have to be able to be a bigger threat on offense to just help the team out more, uh, stretch the floor, and, uh, and all that stuff. Um, but if he can do that, then he's definitely... Uh, definitely going to be the X factor for the Spurs in these eight games. Um, and I think John Tamori has a great, great future ahead of him. Once he learns um, and gets more comfortable in the NBA and scoring and stuff, he's going to be an all-star and a great, great defensive point guard, similar to Alonzo Ball, I think. Um, I think the Spurs have a very, very weak roster, and their their schedule is actually pretty difficult. Um, and I don't think they actually win one. I don't think they win it in any games while they're in Orlando, which is sad to see uh, because the Spurs, like, seems like their dynasty is kind of falling apart. They're going to have to go into rebuilding mode soon. Um, so, yeah, they're not going to win a game, and they are going to miss the playoffs by a lot. Um, and the last team for this episode is the Phoenix Suns. So before the Phoenix Suns, um, season was stopped. They had a record of 26 and 39, which was one spot behind the Spurs. Um, they were thir uh, the, the Suns were 13th in the Western Conference, and the only roster change they have made is at the signing of free agent point guard Cameron Payne. 
um, campaign notoriously known for doing those crazy um, handshakes with Russell uh, Westbrook um, while he was on the Thunder, uh, but has not have a lot has not had a lot of success in the NBA. Um, so the MB the MVP for the Suns is again this is an obvious choice is going to be the best player on the team Devin Booker one of the best players in the league one of the best pure scorers pure shooters in the league um, and for the Suns to uh, have success in Orlando he's going to have to um, this is not exaggerate he's going to have to this is not exaggeration he's going to have to carry the squad with like so like this is like an analogy. Like Christian McCaffrey this past year on the Panthers, Devin Booker is going to have to do something similar to that. I would not be surprised if that he could average, there's only eight games, he could average 35, 40 points a game, Devin Booker. He's just, I think he's that good. And if he does that, then I definitely, definitely think that the Suns have a definite, a definite chance to make the playoffs. Um, the X factor for me on this team is DeAndre Aiden. He was the first overall pick um, a few years back. Um, and so far, he's been a disappointment in the league. But I think in Orlando, he has a chance to not prove himself, but t uh, kind of uh, uh, fix his, I guess you would say, reputation. Um, and by doing that, he's going to have to be the defensive rock, defensive leader of that team. Um, a very good defensive player, pretty underrated. But along with being a great defensive player, he's going to also have to play extremely well on defense. Um, I think for... I think a realistic stat line for him in Orlando is uh, 20, 22 points a game and 13 to 14 rebounds a game. Um, and if he can do that with Devin Booker scoring 35 points a game, I think that the Suns will be honestly a very, very good team. But sadly, I just don't. Again, this is similar to um, similar to the Trailblazers. Their roster is very, very bad um, besides Aiden and Booker. Um, and because of that, they're going to be 1-7, and they're going to miss the playoffs entirely. Um, so, yeah, that is the last team for this episode. Uh, just a reminder that we are going to be doing another episode tomorrow with some more teams. We're trying to do all the 22 teams before the, before the season starts on Thursday evening. Um, and, yeah, so that is the end of the episode. Uh, reminder, make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube at, it's just The Gelman Report. Um, also, subs follow on SoundCloud and on Spotify. It means a lot. It helps the channel out a lot. Um, so if you follow and subscribe, you won't miss any of The Gelman Report um, content coming out. Um, and yeah, so this has been the eighth episode of The Gelman Report. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you tune back tomorrow. Uh, for the next episode of my NBA predictions. Uh, yes, thank you so much for watching, and goodbye.